this is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. What's up? I got Quentin Henry on today. How are you, man? Oh, pretty good, man. Just got done working, about to go do some training, you know, other day. Hell yeah. So, um, real quick, for those who don't know, you know, right now you're getting ready for the barrel knuckle uh, fight, and uh, your next fight, which is February 5th, and um, you're fighting Chris Levin, man. That's uh, that's got to be that's crazy. You know what I mean? To to right. to face off on a UFC veteran like that, you know? Yeah, it is. You know, it's pretty cool because I've been fighting for a while, uh, but this will be the first guy that I you know gives me an opportunity to be legit. Yeah. You know, um, doesn't matter who you fight if they're not a legitimate, I guess, person or well respected. They're always going to try and throw that out like, well, you know. Uh, you know, that guy was a bomb or right. you know, whatever else. And, you know, people can't say that about Chris Levin. Yeah, no, you can't say that. Also, tough-ass dude, but I'm excited for it, man. And I actually – um, we've ran in the same circles for a long time, but I've never actually met you um, until now. But I remember when I was stepping into the amateur MMA game, you actually – knocked out Daniel Payne, who used to train with us a little bit. <laughs> and right, I, yeah. Oh, you – whenever I saw that fight, I was like, okay, this dude – He's a real deal. He's going to do something. Right. Yeah, that was 10 years, 11 years ago. It's been a long time now. Man. So it's man, crazy. I definitely thought I was going to be famous by now. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, after that. You, I mean, you evolved. I mean, so how do you get from – well, real quick before we get into that. So how did you get into the martial arts, you know, as a whole? Like, you know, when, at what age did you step into that and evolve into fighting? Uh, I started doing martial arts when I was four. My dad uh, did martial arts. My brother, uh, my dad did it pretty much his whole life, fighting, boxing, different things like that. So uh, it's just something I've always done, you know, when it wasn't football season or basketball or soccer or whatever else, you know, was, we were training. Um, so, you know, it was it's kind of just something, I guess, to keep me busy when I was little. But my dad also, that's what he did. So it was a lot of what we did at the house, you know. Um, my dad didn't, you know, some dads like love hunting and that's all they do. Well, my dad loves fighting. So, you know, that's what we <laughs> did a lot of. And, uh, yeah, so I just grew up always training, always fighting, working out. And, um, it just, I never like planned on, you know, I'm going to be a professional fighter growing up type of deal. Um, I always, when I was boxing, when I was little, you know, I liked going to competing in tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. But the idea that I would be making a living doing it was never, you know, what I thought was going to end up happening. Um, and I mean, it just, it just developed from there. When I was about 15 or 16, my dad had opened up his own gym doing a Jeet Kune Do. And then that was about the same time MMA started getting popular around here. And we started having the ring ruler shows and yep. those. And, um, and that was probably, that was probably, I was 20 when I knocked out Daniel. So I started training MMA when I was like 15 and, um, so I couldn't fight until I was 18 legally, but we had different guys that fought, you know, and then it just kind of, you know, I just, we were just doing it because it's what we were doing, you know, already like Jeet Kune Do is just the art of fighting. It's not, you know, a certain art versus another one. And uh, when that started picking up, we just changed our rules a little bit with how we were training, you know, cause you can't eye gouge and stuff. And yeah. MMA. yeah. so uh, we swapped that up and then we just started doing it, you know, and it was just something that we, turned out being pretty good at and uh right down you know so it just never stopped from there well it's interesting because i mean the the game itself has evolved so long since you were you know since that that instance you know well, it's been like 2012 or something it's been a while and um you know to now 
what made you decide to step out of MMA into a bare knuckle? Because, man, to be honest, I respect the hell out of you for that because I, I wouldn't even do that. You know, I was, I was in MMA for a while, but to take the gloves off is a whole other fucking ball game, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. There's, there's pros and cons to it. You know, you're going to get more cuts, um, you know, things like that. Uh, the superficial damage as far as, like, getting hit with a bare fist hurts more than an MMA glove. But as far as, like, internally, it doesn't yeah. rock you as bad. You know, okay. so as far as, like, you know, when, you know, I'm sure you've been hit really hard before where you're like, uh, hold on one second. Lost your video there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my coach called me. Sorry. <laughs> um. He's probably like, where are you at? I'm supposed, to be I'm supposed to be running right now. I didn't think I was supposed to meet him. Um, but, yeah, so where was it? Oh, we're talking about being hit with a, with a glove versus Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, when you get hit with the uh, – you, know, you get hit or rocked, normally you get hit and you're like, uh, you know, it kind of takes you a second to come back from it. And, I mean, granted, maybe I just need to get hit with a good enough shot to feel that way. <laughs> fair enough, but, um yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to explain without getting hit. And it does hurt more, and there's a little more dangerous as far as getting cuts and incisions and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and you got to worry more about breaking your own hands is the bigger yeah. deal than something you ever think about in MMA. So, you know, it's uh, it, it fits my style because I was never the guy that went in there and just started throwing crazy shots. You know, I've always tried to – I, I don't throw punches that aren't going to work. You know, right. I don't throw a whole lot of just – wild shots everyone i throw has intentions on it and a a specific place it's going to go and in bare knuckle that's how you have to fight so it kind of just matches my style you know i never even in mma i never had many times you know where i'd spend you know throw a whole lot of punches you know i just throw the ones that matter and uh and in bare knuckle that's really what's important because even if you you can't go out there and throw 300 punches and, and your hands be okay you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If somebody, if you threw 300 punches and they didn't get knocked out, you hit them in some bad spots and your yeah. hands not good. So, um, you know, it just, uh, I've always had really good hands and that's something I've always been confident in. So, you know, that's what I tell people all the time. I've had fights and different things where people are like, well, you know, you worry about, you know, somebody having good wrestling or, you know, if they're throwing these kicks or doing whatever, maybe that's a tough opponent. But I've never one time said, I can't fist fight this guy and beat his ass. Right. Um, uh, you know, fist fighting is a completely different game. Um, of course. And in the bare knuckle, they let you they let you explore that. You know, you got Floyd Mayweather and and these guys like that. You know, Floyd Mayweather would have never went fifty and zero with the type of rule set we have in BKFC. No, you no know, way. when you can grab and clinch and stuff like that. I mean, in a Mayweather fight, as soon as you touch him, the ref's like, oh, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's not a real fight. Um, so you know, but in bare knuckle, as long as you're throwing, they don't mess with you. And uh, that, that, that just turns it into a whole different game because a lot of times in boxing, you don't think about your size or your strength or things like that. But when you're having to manhandle another person, that, that becomes a factor. Yeah, of uh, course. And I mean, if they're not if they're not training for any clinch game and they're just training just to box, then, you know, that's a whole other right. thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I train – when I train outside of boxing, I don't train specifically to be a boxer. I train to be an athlete. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm training all directions, all angles, all ranges of motion. And, uh, you know, when you grab a hold to me, you fucking know it. And that's the <laughs> deal, you know. So when we're in there grappling or he wants to clinch up, he's going to realize real quick what it's like when a grown man gets a hold of you. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not an average person. You know, I'm training. I train way different than a lot of people, way harder. And uh, 
And if he thinks he's going to come bully me or do something like that, then I'm so excited for that because that's not going to turn out how he thinks. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second. How's your um How's your training camp evolved from you know from MMA where you know that's a it's a really really open range camp where you're having to you know focus on each skill set separately and to moving into this how's that changed and it's easier yeah. really um there's a whole lot less to think about um i get to spend more time on just training me physically than training specific technique type stuff if that makes any sense no, it does, you know? it does. so you can only you can only you know do technical boxing for so long an hour hour and a half you know or whatever but then after that it's time to get to training you know, when you're doing MMA, it's like, all right, well, now I got boxing and then let me go do jujitsu, you know, and I need to get some wrestling in and, and all that. And then, you know, in bare knuckle boxing, you can just focus on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, especially with, you know, MMA, you all, there's always that one spot you don't enjoy. You know, I never really enjoyed jujitsu. I mean, I right. respect the hell out of it, but didn't enjoy it, you know? Um, yeah, they, um, I own a jujitsu school. So, um, I love jujitsu, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, there's not a whole lot. I, I didn't get a lot of, um, I guess adrenaline from going and doing jujitsu competitions yeah. type of deal. Um, I did a couple of them in one, you know, but it just wasn't, it didn't get my hamster going, you know, um, yeah. and that's kind of where, where the MMA and the bare knuckle boxing come from, you know, people try and act like fighters are so much different than, than everybody else, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're just like that person that's going skydiving or racing that fast car, you know, or, or those type of things. Um, that's the reason you do it is because it is scary and it is, you know, you get that adrenaline in there. So, you know, I'm uh, that's that's one of the reasons it's it's fun to fight, you know, Chris Liebman, because he is a guy who who's potentially can do something to you. You know, yeah. so it's that fear in there that makes it better. It's not a, you know, the difference in me and some people, you know, the fear makes me better. Right. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the difference. So, you know, I'm excited, you know, people are like, were you worried about, you know, Chris leaving his name and this and that. I'm like, no, bro. Like that is <laughs> like gas on the fire for me. You know, you're not, yeah, dude. I mean, you look at, I mean, the opportunities, you know what I mean? Coming up, you know, coming up, right. getting into getting into this organization and then moving up so quickly and getting an opponent like that. And he just announced that he's uh, going to retire after this fight. Right. So right. how does that make you, I mean, does that change your mindset any like, well, I mean, you got to look at it as, you know, there's a guy that's going in there. This is his last fight, so he's not going to leave it out there. You right. know what I mean? He's not going to just give up or, or whatever else. I mean, he's going to be putting it on. What else has he got to save it for? You know, yeah. um, so, you know, there's that factor in there for him. Um, I don't feel like I've really got anything to lose in this. Um, I feel like I'm a better fighter as far as technically and uh, athletically. Um, I mean, he's even said on paper that, this is a bad fight for him. Yeah. And, uh, and I agree, yeah. but, um, I don't, when you, when you got the weapons that Chris Lehman has you, you're in any fight at any time, it doesn't matter who you're fighting. Yeah. And, um, and that's, what's one of the things that make him, you know, such an, such a, an exciting opponent, because there's plenty of times you can get the guy hurt and you've seen it. He'd be hurt and just fucking drop somebody just out of yeah. nowhere. So, you know, there's a, He's just, he's got the fight, you know, and I was talking about that. People are asking me about, you know, you're going to go get a belt or this and that. I'm like, this is my belt, you know, because Chris Lieben's got one of those belts that nobody else has. He's got that bad motherfucker belt, you know, and, uh, he's, he's, he's held that title pretty well. You know, every fight that he has, he's coming out there and he's going to throw 
And, uh, you know, whether it's a material belt or not, it's, it's something I want and he's got it, you know, so I can give me one too, if I take it from him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a game changer right there. And to be honest, I, I think, I don't think you're going to have an issue with it. You know, I feel like, um, he's a tough ass dude, but you, um, you're in there now, man, you're in there, you know, where you need to be right now. And I feel like, you know, that weight class and everything's right where you're, you know, honed in at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of people that are always accusing me of taking steroids and stuff and all, but they make me look so much bigger on TV and in those pictures, you know, like this yeah. morning, you know, people are saying that, but this morning I'm like checking my scale. I'm like, I need to go eat something. I need to put some weight on, you know? So, I mean, that's what, that's one of the reasons I feel like I'm doing so well or feel so good when I'm fighting is because this is what I weigh. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to eat a bunch in bulk. I'm not trying to lose a bunch of weight and all that. I'm just, I'm just eating like I normally do. And I'm working hard enough in training camp. My weight's staying where it is. So uh, that was a big thing when I used to fight MMA is that, you know, you cut so much weight Man. trying to get there and it just, it just kills you. And, um, you know, so not having to worry about that either is, is a huge deal. That's, yeah, I mean, that's it, the worst part of training camp is just cutting weight. I mean, it's mentally and physically draining. You know, even, even like people say, well, you put the weight back on. You don't understand. Like that last fight I cut 30 pounds for that. This is a few years ago. And, just the next day, like, you put on 10 or 15 pounds immediately within that 24 hours. Right. Still drain, man. I mean, you're draining. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of that has to do with your glycogen levels and yep. things like that once you cut weight or if you cut a bunch of water and stuff. So, and a lot of it's just being dehydrated. You know, you can put on another 10, 15 pounds right back, but it's not actually in your cells. Yep. It's just in your body. And, uh, you know, that was a big factor, you know, because, like, my last fight I had at 185, I had lost. And um, I just watched it the other day, and I, th I thought the fight only lasted 30 seconds. And uh, it was really like a four-minute fight. Yeah. And I was winning. And uh, the dude just caught me with the good left hand. You know, I had my hand down or whatever. But, uh, but man, that put me – It and it has a lot to do with the fact that I was cutting so much weight because, uh, like, every time I got hit, I could feel it in my brain. Like, you know, when it sounds like you get – like you kick a kickball. Yep. That's what a concussion sounds like. So, yep. <laughs> you know, but that was, and that, that bothered me when it happened, but I didn't realize the damage that it had done until like the other day. Cause that fight was like three years ago yeah. and I didn't remember, but like 30 seconds of it. So, you know, now, uh, you know, being in a natural way makes me more comfortable being able to take punches. I feel better, you know, when you're dehydrated and your electrolytes are off, you know, your muscles don't respond the right way. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 205 is a good home for me. I can make 95 pretty easy, I think, but, uh, but I'm wait till I clear out the 205 division. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It looks like it's going your way. I'd, I'd hang there for a minute. But um, well, tell me this, man. How about um, home life? You know, um, what is it like? So you're you're a dad now, and um, right. you're married, and you know, how's that? How's that like balancing that with training? And you're still working full time too, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I've got um, I own two. I got two nutrition shops, like the Herbalife yeah. Energy Teas and Shakes, and then I've got my two gyms that I run. And uh, so, yeah, I've got three kids. They're pretty awesome. I got two little boys, and my daughter's nine. Uh, we stay pretty busy, you know. It's just you got to have a schedule with it. But you know, once I left the fire department's beginning of this year, I've I've kind of gotten a routine, you know. Right. So the kids get used to me being home every night, and you know, we we get it worked out. So, and that's finally that's that's been a big transition, and uh, you know, my fighting fighting camp and just in general is just being able to have a normal normal routine again. Yeah. What's it like um, with them? Like, what do they think about you fighting? 
Uh, my daughter realizes that I'm a big deal. So yeah. that's cool. Um, my boys, they don't, you know, they see pictures or they see videos of me fighting and be like, why is he sleeping? You know, talk about the other guy or whatever, but man, they love it. They don't realize that they don't realize the scale that I fight on it yeah. yet, I guess. But I mean, every day we're fighting or wrestling or punching. That's usually how they wake me up in the mornings. They just ready to fight, um, you know, but, but yeah, they, they like it. They, you know, they go to the gym with me and stuff like that. And, uh, but, they're uh, my youngest or my older boy is about to start doing jujitsu soon. So he'll be, he'll be right there ready to go. My that's little cool. one, that's the one that's a hellion man. <laughs> he's only one and a half right now, but man, he's thick, thick and he's wild. Hell yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause you know, you said you started off martial arts early, but most of um, the people that are our age um, didn't get into, you know, MMA itself until, you know, they were in their later years and they may not, right, they may right. have one base of some kind of martial arts experience, but a lot didn't. Like for me, it was just boxing, you know, for other people, it may not be anything at all. They just step in, but it's interesting now because with jujitsu being um, so popular, but also something that's a necessity now for MMA, it's, I think it's a really good base for any, you know, kid to start out in. Yeah. Definitely. I got you know, I've got like a boxing program and stuff, and I have a lot of people that will ask me, you know, well, what do I need them to do? And he's like, if you can only pick one, jiu-jitsu is probably what you need them to do. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're looking at, for kids, it's about self-defense and being able to take care of themselves. And, uh, you know, the odds of getting hurt are so much smaller in a jiu-jitsu match. If right. you're grappling somebody in close contact versus somebody throwing a wild shot, knocking you out type of deal. Yeah. You know, they have more control in that situation. So, but yeah, I'm... Like, yeah, most people didn't. And um, and that's a big disadvantage to some people. You know, I've got some guys that will come and ask me, they're like, yeah, bro, I'm ready. I want to do bare knuckle boxing and this and that. I'm like, all right, man, well, how many fights have you had? And they're like, yeah. none. Shit. I'm like, none? And you're just going to hop up in here and bare knuckle box with guys like me who've been doing it for 15 years? Yeah. You know, and that's one of the funny things about males in general. Um, you know, there's so many guys out there who are like, like people on the internet who like call me out. Who are, like, I don't even know who they are. Yeah, man. Where they talk about they're going to, you know, they whoop my ass or this and that. I'm like, you don't even understand that there's levels to this. Well, of course. You know, I, offered, I offer them, too. I'm like, I'll give you $5,000, five grand, show up at my gym and we'll fight. Yeah. If you beat me, you can have it. Yep. And ain't, ain't nobody picked me up on the order offer yet, you know. But <laughs> there aren't people challenging LeBron James to a game of one-on-one. You know, yeah. or a dunk contest type of shit. Like, don't be coming well, here. I'll put these dick beaters all over your face. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's uh, what's the ego? It's an ego thing, man. And I, you know, to me, it's like you always seem like a humble guy. You tell it like it is, you know, like, hey, I'm gonna fucking fight you. Let's do it. You know, I'm not gonna talk any shit. We're not gonna go back and yeah. forth. And it's like with you know, growing up and getting in those fights, you know, and getting in bar fights and shit like that. Those guys are probably you know in their mid thirties now. I got a little beer gut, and they still want to talk shit, thinking there's you know, oh, yeah. it's not the same. You know, yeah. it's not even close to match up. Yeah, and it's like I don't even get mad at them anymore. They just, no. you know, like I had a guy that I'm friends with. I know him, and some he said something about fighting, and somebody, I was like, dude, we can fight anytime you want. And he's like, well, I might not beat you, but I promise you've never been hit this hard. <laughs> and I'm like, one, you won't hit me. You know, and two, I've probably been hit harder, I promise yeah. you. I've yeah. trained all over the country with some of the best fighters that you've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. I've been fucking hit hard, I promise yeah. you. But you know, but people don't get that. You know, I'm not going to go out on the pipeline and fucking weld like a, like somebody else. You know, out right. there, 
you know, give me a year to practice, I might, you know, but right. you get a year of training, you still ain't whooping my ass. That ain't happening. No, it's I a mean, whole I, different deal. It, it really is, man. And then now it's your, you know, it's become your career. That's something that you can't, people that don't take that serious. I mean, but you're always going to have those people that talk shit, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's no accountability under, behind this keyboard, you know? So no, like, not at all. I, I I just get tired. I don't even live, read any other stuff anymore. I'm just like, all right. Just you can't, man. You can't because it's like that one, you know, you may be having that bad day that one day and you fire off and it's really not worth it. It's kind of like, yeah. Know, and then you waste an hour of your day fucking exactly. with a loser in his basement. You know? yep. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, um, so on another note, man, what's, um, what's been your motivation, you know, moving forward and, um, you know, because the ups and downs and, you know, we just, I mean, everybody's had a rough year in 2020. And then, you know, the ups and downs of the um, MMA career to transition into this. And then, and, you know, and then also your gyms and your day jobs. Like, what's been your motivation to push forward? And, you know, because you seem to be a pretty on-point guy. You know, no matter what's going on, you're still moving forward. And that's something that, you know, people need to hear about. Well, you know, there's always saying, I always tell people, they're like, I don't know what you need to do next, but standing still is not the answer. Uh, you know, as long as you're moving and you're going, you can pick up things along the way. And that's, that's kind of just how I, I roll with things. You know, I can't stop. I, I, I learned a long time ago that life has highs and lows and, um, it's, it depends on how hard you take the lows, depending on how long they last type of deal. So, um, you know, it's, I, I gave up on thinking I was ever going to be famous fighting a long time ago. You know, it was just something that I did and I knew I was always going to keep doing just to stay in shape and just something you know, to keep me pushing. Um, but, you know, the the biggest, you know, motivation, I guess, uh, you know, I think a lot about, you know, kind of leaving a legacy for my boys. And, um, you know, that's the biggest deal, I guess, at this moment, you know, because, you know, this next fight could, you know, potentially change my life, my kid's life, you know, for a while. So, you know, that that's my motivation when I go in there is, you know, I'm about to change my life and things are going to be different after this. And it don't, and the person in that cage is who's standing in between me and that. And, um, you know, and, and that's real to me. Um, you know, I don't do this. I don't make a shit ton of money. I'm not rich, uh, but I do, I take care of my kids and my wife and I want them to have things and I want them to do things. And the only way for that to happen is for me to win. And, uh, you know, if I go in there and I'm spending all this training when I'm training and fighting and, you know, I'm sacrificing a lot too, but they've been, you know, my wife, my kids, my family, they sacrifice with me. You know, uh, I come home every night and have to heat my food up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because by the time I get done training there, my kids already ate, you know, they're not going to wait till nine o'clock, which that's, that's fine. I get it. You know, but at the same time, they don't have me there sitting down eating with them. Um, so, you know, every little thing like that goes into the motivation as to what's, what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, if I miss, you know, supper, you know, three, four nights a week and this and that, and then I'm, you know, fucking off in training, then I'm taking that for granted. Yeah. And that's not fair to them. And, uh, you know, so if I'm going to be gone, because I mean, sometimes I'm like, like I got to leave the whole week, you know, the week before the fight, and that's the week I'm supposed to have my daughter. So, you know, if I'm going to give up that time, she she wants me to win, you know, type of deal. So, um, you know, that that's a big motivation in it. I, I love fighting in general. Um, but it's just, just something I wanted to do. I've always wanted to say, you know, I'm a champion or I did something other people didn't. And, and this is my, my path right now. Yeah. And you think in saying that's interesting when you said, you know, like if you're not able to be there 
and then you're in training fucking off, you know, like that's, that's the mindset. It's give and take. And a lot of people don't, they can't sync up with that, but that right. it sticks out to me really good, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause like last night, yeah, I trained, I went in at like five, I went and ran and then I did like an hour with my coach and, you know, sparring. And that was my second training session of the day, you know? So, I mean, I'm super exhausted when I get home, but then, you know, spend an hour or two with my kids before they go to bed type of deal. But, uh, and then having to deal with me, I guess, you know, I'm not always, depending on how tired I am or how much food I've had today or, you know, what's hurting on me here and there. I'm not always, you know, in the best moods. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I get to hang out with my boys and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, that, that, I think that's a lot of things that people do. You know, I, I feel like, you know, fighting is a way for me to change my life and change, you know, my kid's life for the better. But I've got so many other options that are available that I can do that with. You know, fighting is just one of them. So, um, you know, and that, that's just kind of how I'm looking at it. I want to I want to have a good time. Um, you know, I want to make things happen, but you can't put too much pressure on you with it because I've got I got so many more important and better things in my life than fighting. Yeah. And uh, it's when you lose track of that to where, you know, it starts messing with you. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, you got to – it's like – if you get too big headed and lose the lose the goals and what you're moving forward to do, then it's like what what's the point of doing it anyways, you know? Right. Like yeah, I'm uh, you, know? you get that way, you know, and I I've been fighting for years and uh, I've had plenty of highs and plenty of lows and you know, and uh I I'd retired before I took that last bare knuckle fight and wasn't gonna fight anymore again, you know, now now here we are. Yeah type of deal. So, you know, I don't try and make any plans for the future anymore. I just ride with it. Well, what do you feel like? So, um, you know, we're here. I have a lot of listeners and viewers all over the states, but we're here in North Louisiana. And I've seen a really big, um, you have a really big following, man. It's like you've always been a popular guy over there on the other side of the state. And um, but I feel like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of more support, you know, coming from all over. As I make you feel, you know, leading into this, you know, against a legend like who you're about to fight. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, um. Like I said, I've had different things in my career where I was like, oh, I'm going to be famous now, you know, yeah. like after knocking out Daniel and, yeah. you know, um, and then I fought on legacy card, you know, and different things like that. Um, but this just kind of happened and I wasn't even looking for it. <laughs> so, you know, I was looking at my Instagram the other day, like 36% of my followers are from Brazil. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. So, you know, I got a bunch from, uh, from really, I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of popular over in the UK. And uh, over in Europe and stuff, I get like, and it's funny because they're on like a different time frame yeah. than us, right? You know, so like at nighttime, by the, during the day, I'll be getting all kind of friend requests from like Americans when like a new post hits. Right. And then like I wake up the next morning and all the Brits have already been up, you know, so like I'll have another, like every morning I've got them, they're all from Europe, you know, type yeah. of deal. So, but Bare Knuckles is a big deal over there. So, uh, you know, they, they follow Americans and everybody with Bare Knuckle from there. So. I'm looking forward to maybe getting a fight across the pond one day too. Badass. I mean, you have, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of following, a lot of respect from um, Brazil and from the UK that, you know, in the fight, the fight world, you know, right. especially, you know, Brazilians into the, you know, how they've dominated the MMA over the past 10 years. Right. Well, you got to look at the kind of people they are, you know, it's like they're a fighting type of people. You know, that's what they do. Like British guys, they get drunk. They're about to bear up a box out in the fucking front of the pub. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's an American thing too, you know? And that's, I think that's one of the most enticing things about bare knuckle, you know, because if you think of like, you know, 
cockfighting, for example, you know, they spur each other. That's just yeah. how, that's how fucking roosters fight. Yep. And men fight bare knuckle. That's what they do. You know, like a hundred years ago, they weren't throwing, you know, or a thousand years ago, they weren't in the caves, like hitting arm bars yeah. on each other and shit. Yeah. You know, they was throwing, you know, Watusi and Jack Johnson around <laughs> and that's how they decided things. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's one of the, that's what, that's what draws everybody to bare knuckle is because it, it's so pure in that sense. Well, it's almost a lost art, man, because I feel like we, I mean, we, we all know this, we've all become pansies, you know, in the past, you know, 50 years with technology, oh, yeah. you know, no, no accountability and, you know, saying something without being able to back it up. And it's like, so it's like a lost art and kind of, it's, it's nostalgic in a sense, you know, to bring yeah. it. And that's always, you know, that's always been my, my go-to when people are talking shit or they want to say something, I'm like, we'll fight about it. Yeah. You know, because the reason that's what I never get about all these shit talking people. The reason you do that is to get in your is to to get out of a fight. Right. But realistically, you shit talk so you don't have to fight because you're yeah. trying to shit talk them into not wanting to fight you anymore. But what we do is fight. Yeah. So what's the point of me talking shit the whole time if I'm going to end up fighting you anyway? You yeah. know, like I agree. And that that's that's my deal. You know, people start saying something like, bro, let's just fight about it. I do it all the time. It's completely okay for me and you to fight about it. But, be over and we can, we can be friends later, you know, or you can carry right. it. And I think, uh, I think that's why I resonate with a lot of people because I don't do that shit. And you yeah. know that I'm just, what you get is what you get. And, uh, you know, when I come out and I'm excited and I'm hollering and I'm doing it, that's just me. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what zone I'm in. I'm not coming up with some character. You know, I'm not like that when I'm not at the fights, you know, it's just something that, that happens. It's just, uh, you know, zone you get in type of deal. But, you know, you got these guys that try and just have these characters and all the time they're a bare knuckle fighter and they're badass and you're not going to talk to them like that. You know, I just hate that so much. I just, I can see it in people. I can like when I, that's why I don't like going to MMA fights anymore. So like I can, yeah, I don't there. It, it, it's, it's a, it gets you in a different mindset, yeah. you know, every time I go in there, I see about 10 people. I want to slap the shit out of <laughs> every time. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you just, and it's just the way they walk and the way that they're, I'm like, dude, and really they're just insecure, but I just get tired of seeing all that stuff, you know, but, it is what it is. Sometimes I'm I'm an old man and and I let things bother me, and then sometimes it's like fuck it, you know, like, like man, I sound old. But, well, I mean, you. Uh, but the proof's in the performance. At the end of the day, you know, no matter how much shit you talk, at the end of the day, when that fight, when those, you know, when the bell rings, it's the proof's right there. All the shit. Yeah. Right. You know, and that, like that's what I've had a couple people. Not not many people really talk shit to me before a fight. Um, you know, like the last guy put some stuff on Facebook or whatever, and people are like, oh, he's, I'm like, hey, he's not really talking shit. He's just kind of sell a fight. But yeah. I've, I've had people that, like, literally talk shit, like, to piss me off type of stuff, and that's not a good idea for them. Like, <laughs> I don't – my biggest problem with fighting since I've started is I don't like to actually hurt people. Yeah. You know, like, I'm fine with beating you, but I don't want you to be seriously injured or, you know, or whatever. And uh, But once you make me mad, I don't fucking care anymore. And, uh, you know, once that that's gone, um, you're in trouble. And, uh, then it's like, I'm willing to hurt myself to hurt you. And and that's not a good place to be. No, it is, man. Not especially, I mean, no, I agree, you know, but hey, shit happens sometimes. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Like that last guy handed me some coins right before after the weigh-ins and said, this is for the boatman. Oh, like, man. so I could cross the river sticks or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So just try to play me. Like, All right. <laughs> I got you. I got you fucking coins aren't, right. you know, but that kind of irked me type of deal. It wasn't like, Oh, 
He's going to kill me. Yeah. I don't know what he thought that was going to do, but it did not turn out the way he planned. I promise you. Me bouncing him off his dead body and giving him back to him was not the was not how he saw that story ending. Well, um, what's um real quick before we move on to the next thing, and I'll wrap it up here in a few. What's um what's something that you um you you know we talked about your training is different now and it's a little easier, but what's something that you think is a good foundation? What you're doing on a daily basis or weekly basis that's really you know, keeping you in tip-top form of shape, you think? Um, my diet is a big part of it. You know, I eat pretty clean. I do um, – I, I don't even know what it's called, the way that I eat. Uh, but it's I do a lot of intermittent fasting, things like that. I take care – I take a lot of supplements for, like, my organ health. Um, that's probably been a big difference in the past year that I've noticed. Uh, I do, like, a liver detox once yeah. a month. I take, you know, all kinds of, you know, stuff for my – my kidneys and endocrine system and all that. So, um, you know, that, that's made a huge difference in really just having a routine to where I can train at a certain time every day, you know, have that ahead of me, you know, cause I'd spend at the fire department, you're gone 24 hours you swap shifts. You might be gone 72 hours and you're missing a third of your life. Yeah. Every, you know, it's three, three days out of the every, you know, I guess, nine you're there so a third of your life you're gone so um you know that i think that's made the biggest difference is just i'm able to control and and, and i'm not a very uh, i guess i don't have a good memory like i lose track of shit like i leave a snail trail everywhere i go i never you know that type of stuff and yeah. having a, a routine lets me be able to i guess fix that you know, I'm not everywhere. I used to have to live out of my truck. You know, I had all my stuff at the station and I had my stuff at the house. And, you know, but now it's just, you know, every morning I get to do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that adds one more piece of frustration and stress if you're not being able to have a routine, you know. It throws yeah. Off. Yeah. You know, we had the, the corona came through. That made a big deal. You know, that, that kind of had an impact on it. Um, I was just so busy with everything with my businesses fighting was kind of taking a back seat. And then, you know, when the Corona came through, all the businesses shut down yeah. and then all I had left was the fight. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, it kind of gave me that, that, that passion back for it, that fire. It was fun again. You know, um, I got some new training partners. I, I transitioned my gym in West Monroe to be more of a striking school. So it'd be better set up for me to train and stuff. So, you know, things are just coming together. It just took a long time. You know, you got some guys when they're 20 and there's a bunch of hype around them, they get you know, some rich benefactor or there's people around there wanting to support them and, Hey, come do this, come do that. And I didn't have none of that shit. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't have nobody setting me up and getting me a gym and doing this and doing that. You know, it took me until I was you know 29 years old to just sponsor myself to be able to fight. And that's basically what I ended up having to do. You know, uh, like I've got, I've gotten a good bit of sponsors this time, but it's because it's a fight with Chris Lehman. Right. You know, but the rest of my career, I've hardly had any sponsor. No local, you know, not really any local sponsors, not anything to really make a big enough difference to where, you know, you can afford to take off work to go, you know, train or do whatever you need to do. So, um, you know, um, that, that's, that's a big deal. It, it took me a while to where I'm not dependent on anybody else. And it's just like, you know, if you're going to run for politics, you know, you got to be independently wealthy or you owe everything to everybody else. Yeah, so, you, change your, you change your style, you change your, you know, mindset. You're not, you're not who you were to start with. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, it was a hard route, but I'm, I'm doing it my own way, you Makes know, and now we built it up. You know what I mean? 
Well, you got a lot of people who just move, you know, they'll go to, which I mean, I could have went, if I went over to Streetport and was training with Andrea and them this whole time, I'd have probably had a better chance to get in the UFC. Of course. You know, because there are people talking to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the people like, you need to move to Vegas, you need to do this. Well, one, I got a kid. Right. And I'm not leaving my kid. <laughs> so, and two, I don't believe that I have to go to those places to be the best in the world. Um, I see a lot of like American top team guys, for example, they have great boxing, yeah. but it's just straight traditional boxing. Yeah. And that's the way, there's a way to beat that, you know? Um, and what I do isn't like what anybody else does. So why am I going to go to American top team and have them turn me into Dustin Poirier yeah. or whoever else, you know, and every one of them has the exact same style. And, uh, you know, not that Dustin Poirier is not a great boxer. But if you're going to do traditional boxing, it doesn't work against somebody who's not doing traditional boxing. Agreed. So you take the you take the Gagey Dustin Poirier fight, right? Even yep. fight. You take Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier, even fight. Straight traditional boxers. They all three have really great hands. What happened when you put Poirier against McGregor? Yep. Or you put Poirier or uh, Alvarez against McGregor? It's a different style of fighting. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to go copy anybody else. That's what they're asking me. Like, what are you working on for this? What are you working on for that? I'm like, bitch, what are they working on for me? Because <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't nobody found an answer yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing until they, they got an answer for that. And then, you know, we'll swap stuff up. You do have an interesting style because, you know, um, you still implement that overhand right, but you're, you're in tight, you know, when you slip those punches. And, and that's something that's interesting, you know, because – a lot of people that utilize the overhand are, are doing it blindly, but you know where it's going to land when you throw it, you know? Right, yeah. you got to have contact on your opponent the whole time. You know, if you don't see it, you're not throwing it. You know, but I, I, I throw from different angles. I move a lot. My, my style depends on my footwork. And um, I've, when I train everybody or tell them, if you don't have footwork, you can't fight. And, you know, there are still people who are getting to the top tier level and they don't have good footwork and it's just because they're tough or, you know, that shit's only going to carry you for so long. You know, that's, they were talking to me about, you know, all the wars Chris has had and this and that. And they're like, you know, how, how are you going to, you know, how do you, how do you stop a guy like that? And I just said, well, Anderson Silva did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's Uriah Hall did it, did. you know, but. And he's a unique um, fighter, you know, he has a unique style. Right. You know, there's a certain way you fight Chris Lieben and it's not his style. You don't fight the way that he fights. You yeah. know, you're going to end up hurt, you know, like him and Dakota went five rounds, but I guarantee you Dakota didn't feel like he won after that. <laughs> you know? So, you know, that, that's the deal. Uh, and I, I'm excited to get to show that to people because, you know, there's always been things I've done training and fighting, you know, like I don't keep my left hand up a lot, you know, and there's, I throw from different angles. My hands are in different spots, but everything has a reason. It's not like I'm lazy or I'm doing this. It's things that I'm seeing. There's a reason that I'm coming from this angle and, or my hands down because you can't fucking hit me, you know, and why should I hold them up? You know, sometimes I might be holding them down just so you'll throw a punch at me for me yeah. to throw back at you, you know? So, um, I'm ready to show people that. And, uh, I've never gotten the chance to, you know, my first bare knuckle fight, we just kind of brawled. Um, and then you can tell once I calmed down and started boxing, I, completely took control of the fight and it was over within 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the last fight, I mean, that was 25 seconds. I hit him three times, but I mean, he only came at me twice yeah. and he got hit three times and knocked out. So, uh, I'm hoping Chris Lehman lasts a little bit longer. So I'm able to you know, have a little more fun. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it, um, I think it'll be good to be able to showcase your style and, um, you know, 
let him go out on a you know decent fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you can't hit me, you can't beat me. Right. And uh, if your footwork can't keep up with mine, you can't you can't do it. You know, there's there's people that run and there's people that cut angles. You know, uh, Floyd Mayweather kind of runs a lot, hides, covers. Uh, Lamachenko he cuts angles, yeah. and that's when you're throwing a punch and he's behind you and all of a sudden hitting you type of deal. And, um, you know, so that's more of my style so much than just we're going to go straight forward and run people over type of deal. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it because, uh, you know, people just try and correct what I do when they don't know it's it, – I'm ready to show them it's what you're supposed to do type right. of deal. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, anytime you see a new style, people always criticize it until it starts, you know, taking over. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's that, that's their style. And they start appreciating it, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, like Conor McGregor, you know, that's a lot of his deal. And yeah. because you don't realize it, but if you train every day against an opponent who throws punches from right here, yeah. you get used to seeing them from right there. Yeah. And when it comes from the waist or from, you know, somewhere else, you don't, your brain just doesn't recognize it. And, uh, you know, but that's part of being able to adapt. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, before we wrap up, man, what, um, do you have any, any advice, anything that you want to get out there to, and, and it's just anybody, cause I have a lot of listeners, like I said, not just fight based, but, um, anybody who may be, you know, facing some ups and downs moving, you know, maybe whether it be education, career choice, just life in general. Yeah, man. Uh, look, I'm, I'm 31 now and I've been doing this for a while and I'm not that old, but, uh, you know, every only thing that's always showed true in my life is that if I don't quit, it'll get better. Um, and that's in every situation. Um, you know, it's not like, Oh, what have I done? And you get into those situations where it's like, you know, what the, what am I going to do? There's, you get over it eventually. As long as you don't quit, uh, you turn around look up and then it'll be six weeks from now. And you'll be like, damn, remember when I was like crying in my room and I was all upset, you know, and then uh, vice versa on that, you gotta, you gotta appreciate the highs as much as you do the lows. You know, there's a lot of people who take the highs for granted and then all of a sudden they're back in the low again. So, you know, when you are riding that high, realize it ain't going to ride forever. You know, whether it's money or something, there's always a curveball that can come around. You just, I used to sit around and think that, you know, when I slow down and when life slows down and I'll be able to get a handle on this, I'll be, at, but that's not how it works. It don't ever fucking slow down and it doesn't ever stop. So you just got to be ready to go with it, but it's fun if you enjoy it, you know, and, uh, that was, you know, as, as a younger guy and a lot of the torment and drama that I dealt with and fighting, you know, there were so many times I was just like, I'm just going to quit. Uh, I'm just going to quit. I'm done with this shit. You know, um, even before my last fight, I was telling them that cause I just had so much crap go up and down with you're fighting now you're fighting here. And I'm like, man, look, y'all don't do something quick. I'm going to have to quit. It's was like, cause I can't pay the bills with training. Right. And y'all have, you know, fights and stuff, but yeah, I stuck with it. You know, I, I put too much in it to stop. And then, you know, here we are, you know, I haven't exactly made it to where I'm going to be, but I've made it further than I ever have been. Yeah. I agree, man. I think, you know, you said that embracing the lows, man, everyone embraces the highs, but if you don't respect that low, you never, I mean, the real, the high don't really mean much, you know? They, yeah. You don't, don't mean anything if you didn't appreciate that low for what it really was, you know, and you gotta, you gotta really, you got to really live it so that you don't go back to it. You know, um, I was a single dad for a little while and I remember eating, you know, rice and whatever was in the throwback bin at the store, you know, whatever meat it was, turkey necks or fucking, you know, whatever, uh, you know, but my kid was eating, you know, but, uh, 
And that's one of the things I look back and say all the time, you know, I've got, you know, I'm like had trouble with my businesses and stuff this year. I'm, you know, everybody did, but you know, I'm not even throwback meat anymore in white rice. So I could, I've been much worse. You know? Yeah. Well, good, man. Well, I mean, I like to hear that, you know, I like to hear all this and I think it's going to be great. I'm excited for the fight. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see you square off with him and, you know, hoping for a win for you. And, I, you know, I feel confident. I think everyone around does. You know, I think it's going to be good. Oh, it's happening, Bert. It's happening. I will not be, I will not be defeated. He will, uh, this will be the start of, the, of a new era. You know, this is, the, this is the, the reign of the hero is what I'm telling people that's coming through. You know, he's got something I want. And, uh, you know, he's a gatekeeper. And for me, I'm about to bust them bitches down. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Quentin Henry fights Chris Levin February 5th, Aeronautical right. Fighting Championship. And um, any plugs, man? Any, uh, what's, your, um, what's your Instagram handle so everyone can follow? Uh, my Instagram is Hero Henry. I'm on Facebook. My fan page is Quentin the Hero Henry. Uh, shout out to Traxler Chiropractic for hooking me up. PRP Speed Shop, which I don't know if you're into cars and trucks. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we got the sponsor. He's a buddy of mine. It's PRP Speed Shop. He's got like a $400,000 dyno in there, like a four-wheel drive. It's like the baddest dyno like in this part of the country. Uh, but they do all the tuning and stuff like that. But uh, I got an old 88 Ford. I got an old motor I took out. His motor blew up. I got a new one to put in it and stuff. They're about to get all that fixed up. So, okay, nice. uh, check those guys out on Facebook. My wife, uh, Aubrey D, my mom, my dad. You know, the rest of my family, all my teammates, you know, big shout out to my coaches at my gym. Uh, you know, they've been stepping up a lot, helping me, you know, because I can't exactly be there every day to coach. So, you know, I got some really good guys in my jiu-jitsu school that step up and help me out with my kids program and stuff. So, you know, there's plenty more people that uh, that I could I could help, you know. And that's kind of the thing when I tell people, you know, those people that I'm friends with and, you know, like we had that last fight and I'm like, hey, bro, I think we're famous now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a it's not a I'm famous it's we're famous right uh, you know because they were there with me the whole time you know all my entourage I mean I even got I got some friends that just hang out with me that don't do a whole lot of training they just keep me calm you know what I mean and um, you know that's all important to the team uh, and that's what people people got to take into to account there's you can't lose sight of the forest for the trees type of deal you know and uh you know, there's so much more out there that you can get from fighting than just winning belts and money, and, and that's where I am right now. I, mean, I agree. You can't. You can be a badass all day long, but you got to have some kind of support. I don't care who you are. You know. Right. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. You know, and then, then you're doing it by yourself. I guess if you're proving the point that you can do it by yourself, yeah. but it can't be done. You take Conor McGregor and all these guys like that. They didn't do it on their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that dude was living on welfare before he was anything at his parents' house. He couldn't have done that if his parents weren't sitting there feeding his ass every morning, exactly. you know, type of deal. And his girlfriend and her wife now, I guess, you know, um, you know, those all, all those people play a part. Yeah. Well, enjoyed it today, bro. I appreciate you coming Thank on. Good, man. Hey, you going to be at that jiu-jitsu tournament Saturday? I will not. Um, I'm going to be out of town, but um, I'll keep in touch. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there coaching. I got my little ninjas there for the uh, the AGF tournament over in Shreveport. If anybody's watching, show up. Yeah. You, you just come check it out. You know, we're trying to get with the Corona going on. It put a hurt on a lot of the jujitsu tournaments. You yeah. know, and then we don't have a lot in Louisiana anyway. So, you know, any support we can get, even if you're just not competing, anybody that just likes jujitsu, come in there, buy a ticket, and watch. You know, just to kind of make it a bigger deal. We're trying yeah. to trying to get jujitsu back in the area. Yeah, it's good we're getting some events going, some people back in the, you know, 
in the swing of things. Competition. I'm so over this shit. So yeah. over. Me too, bro. <laughs> we're on the, hopefully we're on the winning side of it. We'll see. Right. All right, man. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Everyone, please right. subscribe to the podcast.